0: Hello, True Matters listeners. This is Mikhail, and I actually have Kelsey back on the podcast today. Kelsey is an intuitive life coach, spiritual healer, and human design expert, and we are lucky enough to be recording our second interview together. So welcome back, Kelsey. Thank you. Happy to be back. Yes, we are so happy to have you. Um, We're filming kind of a, a special episode today. I found myself personally navigating some unexpected change, and so I invited Kelsey back just so that we could maybe talk through some ways to reframe, shift our perspectives, take our power back when we um, are faced with some unexpected changes. So I'd love to just jump right in and allow you the space to talk a little bit about change in general and kind of how we can navigate changes with grace and, um, and just, yeah, take that and run with it.
1: Yeah, I'll start with just an observation that an interesting part about change is the lack of predictability within it and what I mean by that is so we are all familiar with change that happens outside of our control right like something as intimate and as personal as suddenly losing a loved one or you know some tragedy happens and it's just sort of thrust upon you And some are really familiar with the change that you lead, that you drive, that you initiate and choose. Um, Each one has its own levels of complexity and emotions that it guides us on. Um, But really the underlying thing is that there's so much within either one of those options, whether you're choosing it or whether it feels like it's happening to you, we lose this perceived level of control. And that's what makes it really hard. But the conundrum of change is, especially in more of that, when you are making the choice, making the change, is that you don't realize how much better it is on the other side until you're there. And that takes time and that takes conscious choice and certain decisions. And we easily forget that. Right. Like you can make a big change. Let's say you're a career changer or let's say you um, leave an unhealthy friendship or relationship. And then on the other side, you're like, wow, I'm so much better off over here. But you don't really know it until you go through that, until you embrace it. So.
0: Yeah, I think also with that, sometimes we're so resistant to the change, we fail to realize there is another side. (laughs) We're just trying so hard to grasp to what we know that we don't allow ourselves to release that a little bit and maybe just like peek around the corner and see that there actually is something else that will exist on the other side. And there always is. I mean, in, in moments to your point of maybe losing a loved one where it really does feel like the rug is ripped out from beneath us, it can take some time to rebuild that foundation. But there is always another side to change. And I think that sometimes relinquishing control is even just accepting that and acknowledging that like there is going to be another side. Maybe I don't know what that looks like, but it is there and trusting that it's there. Um, But I think you're so spot on that so much of the time, it's just feeling out of control. And that can feel really scary and disarming and confronting, especially if it's in an aspect we are used to having some sort of controller security in. And that's where maybe the most resistance comes in is is, it's just destabilizing to not know what the outcome is going to be. So you've you've talked before about reframing a little bit. Can you give us some information just on maybe what that is and, and what that could look like when we're facing some type of an unexpected change?
1: Yeah, so uh, just at a high level, reframing is a technique that you can use to help shift your mindset. Uh, Maybe if you typically take a more negative line of thinking, reframing can be really helpful in making it more positive, or maybe you are a more positive person, but reframing can help you take a more grateful approach to something or take a more joyous approach to something. Like there's always a, a way you can modify the patterns and the thoughts that come across your mind, and reframing is that technique um a couple of things when you're thinking about reframing it first it takes a lot of intention and it takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of work your thoughts aren't going to change without you putting in that effort to to reframe them to realign them to be an observer of them and be willing to write a new story with them a common thing that i see when people are trying to reframe their thoughts is they sit down to do it and they end up getting uh lost a little bit they get lost in the story they're trying to reframe so this can be a really intentional thing to do with a close friend or somebody you trust so that you can say hey i'm working through this i'm trying to get to the other side of this thought can you stop me if i go too far into the same old thing or talking about the past or repeating certain words or certain parts of this story like help me not do that so that I can get to the other side of it. Yeah, I'll stop there.
0: Okay, I um. With that, when it comes to determining our patterns of thought, is that something that would be good to seek again, like a trusted source, or maybe just start? How do we how do we identify what our patterns are to then determine where we need to reframe?
1: Uh, a couple different ways. I would say instinctively, intuitively, you probably have an idea of what these things are because they're probably the things that you think about most. And more likely they're probably the things that you worry about the most. Okay. Um, the way I describe it is like, what are the things that are like taking up space in your brain rent-free? Like they're just hanging out, they're just lingering, like you probably didn't even invite them, but like what are some of those thoughts? And that can be a good place to start. The other thing, an exercise that I like to do, especially when my mind feels extra filled with these thoughts or patterns is just the statement of what I seem to be thinking about is and then naming it because when I can name it, it just sort of helps land the plane. Then I'm like, oh, that's a thought. That's not me. That's not a truth. That's just a thought. And when I make it more factual, just more simple, then I'm able to rework it, rewire it.
0: Yeah, that's that's really powerful. Um, I think the You know we find ourselves almost repeating defense mechanism statements that actually underlie bigger fears so one that i'll use is like you know you hear people a lot of the time like trust no one just trust no one trust no one but what's so interesting is when we keep putting that out there over and over what we seek we find we probably end up finding ourselves in situations where people are really untrustworthy and that's what not only we're looking for but we're also almost creating by the thoughts that we're putting out into the universe and so i found personally recognizing some of the things that I may say frequently. And like you said, subconsciously almost, but then even digging deeper and asking what is the deeper fear beneath that defense mechanism or that thought that maybe I'm thinking very often or feels like it's on repeat. And then being able to address that a little bit deeper and kind of soothe that deeper thought, but then also change the language around it. Or as you said, have accountability people like, Hey, I'm really working on trusting more. So when I say trust no one, even just give me the look so that I recognize I'm kind of falling back into that pattern again, which is um it's a it's definitely a multi-stepped process, but I think it is so powerful when we start to uncover some of those subconscious patterns that we may be doing every day without even realizing it.
1: Uh two other things that I would be on the lookout for for some of these uh patterns or maybe places where you could do some re- can do some reframing. One would be Areas in which you use really absolute language. So, like, I always mess this up, or I never win anything. Like you said, in those absolutes, you're really cultivating that to be true based on just carrying that belief. The other thing is um, if some of your thought patterns are really dependent on external things. So, you know, I don't have what I want because she has it, or I didn't get that a promotion because he got it or I won't be able to do it until I'm in a exactly. relationship or until I whatever. Yeah, exactly. Anything that is dependent externally. Um, first of all, you're giving a lot of power to things outside of your control, um, which in and of itself is a, an energy leak. And we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like and how it relates to reframing. But that's giving up a lot of your power and that's giving other people other things quite frankly, way more power and credit than they deserve, need to have, think they have, right? Like no one thinks more about you than you. Um, so that can be another place to look for some of these places where maybe some reframing might be helpful.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's so important to know. And I would love to dive in now. Um, it's kind of a perfect segue, but I feel, you know, admittedly and personally, like I've been having the last couple weeks, just feeling a little bit surrounded, like I'm a sponge absorbing kind of low vibe energy morale, maybe hasn't been great, but I also feel as though I've been allowing myself to sit in that a little bit and kind of become a sponge to it and then maybe just not have the tools to wring myself out and figure out how to kind of get back to a different energy space. So I would love to jump into the energy leaks and kind of what that can look or feel like and how we can start to dodge that or learn how to navigate that when we're experiencing it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'll just start by saying a beautiful part of this human experience is that we get to be in all these different emotional and energetic states. So. It's not that lower morale times, lower vibe times are bad. They just are that type of time, right? And as the cycles of life continue to go on, there will be times of high vibe, high Mm -hmm. morale, and you can be experiencing that too, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It's just, that's what we're here to do. And simply living in that space is really what we're here to do. So, at least that's my outlook on life. Yeah. And I think that's actually
0: so important for me to hear because I do label those times as good or bad. And I think that that actually causes me to stay in the spiral a lot longer because I've now determined this is bad. I am here. I am stuck. And instead of seeing it as an opportunity or a lot of times the areas of discomfort that we face are invitations to change and to grow in a different direction. And so I feel like even just hearing you say that is really empowering to to know that it it actually is probably even more of an energy leak to label it as bad. It actually like takes more from us to say, I'm in this place against my will. I am being held hostage. I have no power. I can't get away from this. Um, and so just being able to say, I am here. That's it. That's the only fact about where I'm at right now is that I'm just here. I'm not, you know, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just where I am is actually takes back power already just in reframing that
1: so thank you yes yes exactly it's seeing things as they are not as they aren't or as you wish them to be just how are they right now Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. energy leaks are things interaction in which your energy your power is out of your control and I think your energy is one of the things that you do have control over so You don't want to try to control things you can't control, but the things you can control, right? Those are good things to tackle and to focus on. So I believe your energy is one of those. Um, So just walk with me down this path a little bit here. So one form of energy leak happens in our energetic exchanges. Um, These could be also known as conversations, uh, bumping into somebody at the grocery store. Every time you're interacting with another human being, like right now you and I are having energetic exchange, some of those are going to be really positive and they're going to light you up, fill you up. Some of those are going to be frustrating. Some of those are going to be challenging. It can vary, right? And in one conversation, it could be all of those things. Every time you're engaging energetically with someone else, that exchange is happening. So your power, your energy is being given to another person. Some of their energy is spilling over to you. It's like, imagine you're both a cup of water and you're pouring back and forth into each other. But some of that water might be extra purified through the Brita filter and some of that water might be, you know, from the puddle across the street. You have to be really mindful of that as you're going about your day because at the end of the day you might be carrying a lot of energy that's not even yours and you might have given more energy than you had to give in that day. So that's one thing to be mindful of. So that's just every day life, right? As human beings, we interact with other humans, so you're going to have those energetic exchanges and there's going to be places where your energy leaks, you might get energy you don't want, things like that. I mentioned this earlier, but another form of an energy leak is when like thoughts people are taking up space in your mind rent-free. When they just get to be there, they didn't even ask to be there probably. Um you just put them there almost like on a pedestal, so then you're cultivating and perpetuating this thought, this issue or anxiety or worry when it doesn't need to be there. The other thing um, that can be a common energy leak is when you're failing to communicate what it is that you need This creates chaos. And one of my definitions for chaos is when you're trying to control uncontrollable. So maybe you're not saying or expressing something that you need to another person because you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't think they'll understand, right? Well, you're trying to control their reaction, their mindset to what you need, and you can't control that. But you can control whether or not you communicate. This is why sometimes, you know, if if you've ever had a conversation with someone where you just needed to air it out, like you just had to go there work through it on the other side a lot of times it feels so much better when you were able to speak what you needed say what you needed to say ask for what you want it cleared the energy but when you don't say those things when you hold it all in that is a form of energy leak because you're just giving your power to what you're not doing yeah the thing to be mindful oh go ahead
0: oh i was gonna say i this resonates so much i i feel you know personally and professionally as though i've really experienced this lately and it's almost felt like kind of learning a lesson the hard way because in an attempt to maybe not hurt a feeling you may end up causing more chaos than you ever intended to and then it feels like damage control and then it feels like extra conversations and so many aspects of it that i think pausing and recognizing what we could do differently and then making a different choice in the future if we have the opportunity to communicate, especially if we're confident, we can communicate lovingly, kindly, gracefully, communicating is always the better way. And I don't know how many times I have to learn that lesson before I'll finally just accept it. But I do think that it's so important to note that, that um, avoiding the hard conversation usually results in way more chaotic outcomes than if we were just willing to state our needs and feel safe to do so. So, yeah.
1: Yes. Okay so a lot of these things like are just part of day-to-day life like you're going to have energy leaks um so the next question is like well how do i stop my energy from leaking like how do i manage my energy so that it doesn't feel like a bad thing or like i constantly feel drained um and i think the first thing and we sort of talked about this in the last episode too is just like having that awareness knowing how your energy might be spilling out into the world but then having practices to help you call your energy back in, help you get grounded again, get centered, get back with yourself is hugely important. Um, you can't, like I said, you can't evade a lot of these ways in which these energetic exchanges happen. Right. But you can, and again, another thing you can control is how you call back your energy, how you get back in alignment and centered with yourself.
0: And is, is there Any type of advice or practice that you have if there are certain people that feel like an energy leak leak that you have to engage with? I mean, I know obviously it'd be great to just be mindful of that and be able to limit interactions, but what are some ways that if there are people that afterwards we just feel like there's been some energy leak and it's just a little bit, you know, low vibe or we feel drained after those interactions, you know, what are ways to kind of take that energetic power back?
1: Yeah, I... This is where mindfulness and intention and a little bit of proactiveness comes into play because let's say, for example, um, you know, oftentimes people might be struggling with like their manager or with a coworker And to use a work example, you might need to add in an extra layer of preparation. Like, let's say you always meet with this person once a week. Well, maybe that day that you meet, you are extra graceful and gentle with yourself in the morning. Maybe that looks like going to get your favorite cup of coffee beforehand, like making sure that you're taken care of before you enter into a situation where you know it's going to be challenging or, you know, create a need for you to be more mindful of your energy and of where you're at in the moment. Um, As you know, going back to the communication thing, the thing I always say too is, you know, sometimes, what's standing in between you and someone else having a really strong relationship, even if it's someone who you think like drains your energy so much might just be a really hard conversation of I'm experiencing this when we engage, this is how it's making me feel and seeing what comes out of that. You know, those conversations aren't easy, but oftentimes they, I have found more times than not that they clear something that allows for a more productive energy, protecting relationship to come forward for both people, not just you. Yeah, I, I I,
0: think that's, I mean, it's so, so true. It's painfully true almost. And I think that if there is a time where either the conversation has been attempted to be had, or maybe it's a brief enough interaction or relationship that isn't I don't know, isn't as necessary maybe to have like a deeper conversation. For me, the feeling around energy leaks a lot of times is flustered. It feels like that fluster, like you said, out of control. And so personally, I feel like anything I can do to not be in a flustered state before that interaction is the best way to maybe continue to control myself and my emotions, which are really the only thing we have control over. And so I've found that if there is a meeting that I have and it's a, a a meeting that usually ends with me feeling flustered, if I put five minutes before that meeting and then ask myself what I need, maybe it is to do some, you know, shaking or to go for a walk or to take some deep breaths or whatever it may be, entering something without being flustered is a lot better way to end it without being flustered than if we just barrel right in and we already feel stressed and we're already flustered and then the energy around us only amplifies that even more. So um I think that's yeah. a real great point, yeah. Yes,
1: there's, um. so, okay, a good habit to be in if you are up for the challenge is to, I think everyone needs to have a detective hat for their life. And one thing that can be really illuminating for you is, and again, you can do this through meditation, you can do this through journaling, you can do this through just reflective questioning, is you're looking for clues, you're looking for themes in your life that are gonna help you know and pinpoint where it is that you need the most support. So I'll come back to that detective hat thing in a second. There is something called, it's called the emotional freedom technique, EFT. Tapping is another word for it. Cause you just said shaking. So I was like, oh, this fits. Um, I won't explain it here, but Google it. It's tapping on different energetic points in your body. But a practice that I love in that modality is they ask you, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how, stressed are you how anxious are you before you do the tapping and then after you rate yourself again and that is a really cool thing it always tapping always increases my number so go and check that out maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode but i bring that up because you can start doing that measuring before and after in some of these different you know meetings or exchanges or family events like what's your number going into it on whatever scale you want to use What's your number on the other side? Why was that number higher? Why was that number lower? Why was the number low to begin with or high to begin with? Like using that simple gauge, you know, comparing two numbers, we have five seconds in our day to say, oh, I just went from a three to a six. Noted, got my detective hat on, put that in the journal for later so I can come back to that and start being a student and an observer of how my energy changes and shifts throughout the day. Yeah,
0: that's spot on. I so I d- did a couple tapping exercises at the beginning of a few meetings when we had some strategic initiatives and I just brought in a video that everyone did together and we were off camera if we wanted to be or on camera if we wanted and I don't know why I've lost the practice but I'm glad you just brought it up because it is such an easy, you know, 3 to 5 minute thing that you can bring in and that really does have such a powerful Impact to it. And also, maybe if somebody doesn't buy in or they don't, you know, the the act itself doesn't feel as meaningful you gave three to five minutes to yourself to just sit and feel your feelings or try to come back into your body. And so I think that regardless, it has so many benefits. Um, But I also just heard a really cool technique that Brene Brown was saying that she uses or, or encourages people in the corporate world to use at the start of meetings. And it's because it's so fast, go around and everyone in the meeting just says two words to describe how they're feeling that day. And it's so humanizing because we may come into this meeting with our defenses up and there's a certain person in this meeting that we always feel is just out to get us. And maybe their two words help us recognize they're human, they're imperfect. Maybe they're really struggling today and their energy has nothing to do with us, which it usually doesn't. And so it's like even something like that can be so powerful in allowing all of us to experience the same human experience together and realize that it isn't always so about us the way that we feel it is and allow us to maybe have a little bit of compassion for some of the people in the world with us or maybe in the meetings with us that are often triggering for some reason. Um So I think those are such great tips and a way to instead of having a negative energy leak, maybe a little bit of energy transference in a good way, like pour some of our positive technique into the people around us and increase the vibration of the whole meeting or the whole room instead of letting it just be, you know, sucked from us until we're all depleted and have nothing left to give.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. And, but I think the core of that is that it starts with you. So if you are someone who, um, before you go into meeting, you're at a three, and then on the other side of it, you're at an eight. Well, what is, what's creating that leap? What's creating that jump? And how can you, you know, once you know that as an individual, how then can you, like you said, go and share that with somebody else, and help to bridge that gap? Or if you're constantly going from a five to a two, what's happening? What is causing that decrease? What's that underlying thing? And if you can start to pinpoint those areas of attention, you can then do something about it. Um, But again, that takes proactivity, intention, awareness, a little more extra time to be thoughtful as you go about your day. Um, But it's so vitally important because, like I said, those energetic exchanges, that's just part of our day to day life, I mean, unless you're like a hermit living in a cave, which most people
0: are not yes and even then you still have energetic exchanges that are maybe necessary but i think to your point the more aware we become the more habitual and almost just you know automatic it becomes to leave situations and go "Ooh, that really drained me and i just have awareness to what that is versus I think there's a really easy way to go about life as just everything is draining. And it's kind of that joke, you know, I keep saying when things settle down, we'll get together and then life doesn't settle down. You know, I think that we can we can choose to look at it that way if that's how we want to look at it, but every, every hole has a whole bunch of smaller component parts. And if we can learn to put that detective hat on and analyze some of those parts, we may find that there's only three interactions throughout our day that make our entire day feel draining. And what could we do to protect ourselves or to maybe remove some of those interactions? And then it's incredible because now we suddenly have all this energy and we have positivity and we recognize that we are actually the people in control of those exchanges. And while we cannot control what other people do, we can absolutely set boundaries around our own energy or our own space. And it's so empowering to recognize that nothing really is happening to us if we're able to reframe and see that everything can be for us and an opportunity for us to practice boundaries, practice, you know, setting that protective energetic shield if needed. And so um, I think, yeah, this is also great and, and just necessary to talk about, especially right now. Um, do you have some things to share that maybe even if we've done everything that we can do, we've gone into things, prepped, all of that, but maybe we find ourselves unexpectedly facing some type of a midday drain or um we just need a little bit of a reset that you would suggest we do?
1: Yeah. Okay, so I have a list I've been culminating of the most underrated supplements of all time. I don't know about you, but my Instagram, my Facebook ads, my emails, I'm always targeted with like some pill, some something that is gonna be like the end all be all save everything. But no, these are the most underrated things you can do um to protect your energy, to stop any energetic leaks, to get up from a midday slump. So, first one is going to be sleep. So, some people have a hard time sleeping at night, can you try doing like a power nap mid-afternoon. Um this could look like literally what I do is I just lay down, I set my alarm for 30 minutes later and then when the alarm goes up, I get up. I might not have slept, I might not have gotten any REM or whatever, but it's just that action of restorative action second thing is movement walking is free walking you can do without a gym walking you can do pretty much anywhere um there's no bad seasons there's just bad outfits so if you're in a colder climate you just need to get a little bit warmer uh moving for it could be five minutes and that can drastically change how you feel and here's the thing i'll say a lot of people say i don't have time to do that i don't have time to do that if you do not have time to get up and move for five minutes, something is drastically wrong with your life. Well, you are not saying. living at that point, you are in some sort of torture chamber and yes. something needs to shift. And I think there it's
0: like a Buddha quote that it's like if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, you need 20. I think that's the same Mm -hmm. thing to apply to anything. If you don't have five minutes to move, make 10, because that is only a bigger indication of how badly you need it and need to maybe reprioritize to create space for that. Because of course, you're going to feel like a chicken with your head cut off if you don't even have five minutes to spare.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Continuing on the underrated supplements, the next one would be writing. So I think last time we talked about morning pages. So just three pages of journaling every day can be a really meditative and really clearing way to work through your thoughts. And then the last thing is nourishment. And I'm not talking about like a healthy snack or an or an unhealthy snack. I'm talking about nourishing your body with something that brings you joy. This might be your favorite candy as a little kid. This might be a really healthy snack. It doesn't matter what it is that you're eating, but just something that you can consume that's intentional and feels really good to you. Yeah, I like
0: the I like that shift too that it's not the the healthiest choice to use, but like what you need in that moment or what would feel like nourishment to you. And that could be comfort, which might not be on the FDA, the healthiest thing you could ever choose. But in nourishment, I don't think means the label that's on it. It's what your body needs or what gives you that, you know, comfort or that ability to actually exhale and relax. Um, yeah, I think that's so great. So what would your perspective or advice be just for anybody that's kind of in maybe a season or a period of growth in not getting so caught up on those tiny little component parts or little moments and being able to see the big picture and stay the course and kind of have the have the end in mind?
1: I think this is another place where that's a choice to stay committed to the bigger picture. So if you're getting lost in the details, ask yourself why you're choosing to be lost in the details. Um, Outside of that, I think it's really important for each individual to have a vision for themselves. Your vision could be as short as for the next week, this is my vision. It could be as big as for the next 20 years, this is my vision. Everyone has a different threshold of where they land, where they feel really empowered to look um, out into the future for their life. Um, Another thing I like to, remind people of is that as you're walking to whatever that next thing is, whatever you're growing toward, you have to let some things go. Some things don't get to go with you to that next chapter and I think you can get bogged down and often it is in the little details when something hasn't been let go of yet. Um so that could be another place for journaling or just conversation of just like, you know, what am I holding on to that is expired? that isn't serving me any longer, that isn't part of that future vision. um, And being really mindful about what those things could be, because some of that stuff has to get left behind. And that's, that's hard for us, because that's a form of grieving for us, right? If we no longer have something, we grieve it. That's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that it's It's often the things that we are actually clinging to the hardest that might be worth looking at a little bit harder to figure out how we could let it go. And again, like we talked about in the last one, some of those are those mere moments where we may have to acknowledge some of the areas in which we need some extra support or some healing or just some attention or journaling, as you said. But often it's the things that we're the most resistant to acknowledge that probably need the most attention almost, um, or that feel the most kind of like defensive or fearful of letting go of um, are often the areas that probably need the most letting go. So um, what about any type of kind of to create that vision, uh, like a meditation or anything that you would suggest in in helping people that maybe feel like, I don't know what I want to do for the next week, let alone the next 20 years. So how do we create those visions for ourselves?
1: Yeah, there's a meditation that I love that can be a guided meditation or I'll explain it and you can walk yourself through it um, but you imagine yourself walking with a backpack and in the backpack is all of the stuff of your life the good times the bad times your skills your passions everything that feels like you and you imagine yourself you know it could be you know if you're in period of growth it might mean looking or imagining like you're walking up a mountain and as you're making this climb You're consciously taking something out of the backpack and setting it down on the ground as you move. Um, The thing I love about this visualization is that, A, it creates, um, what is that? What is that? It's like a nursery rhyme or something where they leave the gingerbread trail. Oh, Hansel and Gretel. Yes. Okay, so it leaves a little bit of that type of energy where if you need to go back, you'll know how to get there because you'll have these guideposts, right? But it also is lightening that backpack, either creating more space for this new version of you, these new things that define you, or just freeing yourself up to enjoy that journey even more. So you can make the long, the meditation as long or as short as you want, but you're just constant, excuse me, consciously leaving things behind as you make this trek to where, you know, that end point of your vision And like I said, if you don't know, like 20 years from now, what this looks like, this could just literally be a meditative walk in this guided meditation where you are just consciously making the effort to let things go.
0: Yeah. And again, I think that when we create space for that, the things that we might be begging ourselves to take out of the backpack and let go are the things that we also just want to zip and put down at the very bottom. and so. It's interesting because I could imagine it being so confronting to visually take something out and set it down, even though it's it's an exercise of thought. We're not actually leaving something behind, but it would give us some insight in the areas in which we're maybe trying to protect and we're exhausting ourselves to keep in this backpack that we're trudging along with when really, as you said, you can unzip it, you can set it down. We have all the means to turn back around and go pick it up if we want to. It's still right there behind us, but it gives us the opportunity to maybe shed some light on the things that we're carrying on aren't serving us or that are creating more weight for our climb than necessary. Yes. Absolutely. Um, And then do you have any questions that we could kind of pause and ask ourselves if we are at a time of needing to make a choice or needing to make a decision for ourselves and maybe we're just feeling a lot of pressure surrounding it or we're unsure of how to start or, you know where we want to go do you have anything that we could either use as a journal prompt or even just a question
1: in our mind yeah uh first and foremost i would ask who am i doing this for and if the answer at its foundation is not you then it's probably for the wrong reasons the second question is why am i doing this And I want you to think about it in terms of if all of a sudden your decision was front page news, would you feel comfortable explaining why you're doing something? That means if you do feel comfortable explaining why you're doing something, that means that you were intentional and you were um, proactive in your rationale behind why you were doing something. If you if that freaks you out, you maybe haven't spent as much time thinking about your motivators for making that decision for making that choice
0: yeah and if your first ex- response when the microphone is held under you of why did you do this is it was for these other people or they told me to, or that, you know, kind of the same, the guilty conscience, like they said to do it. And that's why I robbed the bank or whatever. It goes all the way back to that. Who am I doing it for? So if we can confidently say I'm doing this for myself, if it makes front page news, we should be able to confidently stand in why I'm making the choice that I'm making. If the first thing is to deflect on all the people that I'm doing it for, then again, like you said, maybe it's not the choice that we should be making or the place that we should be pouring our energy into. So yes. Um, Yeah, that's a really, really great point. Um, Any last things that come to mind just when it comes to anybody that might be listening to this that is kind of navigating a place of feeling a little bit disempowered or, um, again, as we said, you know, things are just seemingly happening to you over and over again and it just feels like maybe a spiral or something that we're having a hard time breaking. Is there anything extra in your practice that you found that you'd like to share or that could be of help to anybody in that season of life?
1: I think reclaiming your ability to make a choice or to see your life as a choice can be so revitalizing and liberating. And I'll end with a personal story just so, you know, I just think that sometimes resonates more than words of wisdom or whatever. So in the fall of 2021, um, October 8th, we, my father-in-law died really suddenly. Less than three weeks later, my husband's grandma also passed away. And when I heard the news about my husband's grandma, and we've been together, it'll be 15 years this year, so she's basically my grandma, he was basically my dad. When I heard the noise, I had this moment, Mikhail, where I felt myself standing on the edge of the abyss, of the unknown, of a really, of what I perceived as a really hard time. And I'm right on the edge. And I, in that moment, I had the awareness to ask myself, do I wanna fall into this? Or do I wanna lean back and hang on so I don't fall in? And that is that awareness. That is that moment of choice that I'm talking about in all of this is that you need to get to the point where you do see every step of your life as a choice. And that was a really illuminating example for me because I have been in the place before where I chose to fall into that, where I chose to fall deeply into grief and depression and into those challenging times. It's not that I evaded emotions or evaded grief or any of that. It's just that I chose to just have that lean back moment and say, no, I'm, I'm Kelsey. I'm going to stay in my, created energetic state and I am not going to lose myself to something outside of myself.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so incredibly powerful to just pause and acknowledge we have a choice in those moments because when things like that happen, they absolutely deserve our grief and our attention and sadness. And as you said, we don't evade feelings in that um but i i lost my dad at 25 years old and so i had a lot of very similar feelings and for me the recurring thing that kept coming up is what's the point like what's the point of any of this and i think that the point is is getting to the point of recognizing we have a choice and that right there is really powerful because we do not have control over anything that happens around us we don't have control of loss or love or light or darkness or any of these things that are going to try to penetrate or come into our lives but the point is seeing it through and then eventually recognizing that the struggle and the the highs and the lows and the beauty and pain and all of that is the point. And so I think that in those moments where it's really hard to see and where we're being invited to kind of fall off the edge and just allow things to start to happen to us um, is very scary and confronting and something that I wouldn't wish on anyone, but I also think it's so transformative sometimes to have those moments and then make a choice because then when we face other things as we move forward, it's like I remember this feeling. And again, like we talked about at the beginning, I can peek around the corner and even if I can't quite see it, there is another side to this and even though it feels like there's not right now. I have to trust that there is because if there wasn't, there would be no point. But we have to trust that there is something on the other side. And that's the whole point is getting there to the other side of it. So, yes, yes. yes. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we appreciate you so much for being here with us today. You just gave us so many amazing little bits of wisdom that I know I'm going to take forward and start practicing and, Um, especially right now in this season of my life, I think that it was extremely necessary. So we appreciate you. And I can't wait for
1: our next conversation already. Thank you.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you.